Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. And in this verse, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It says that you may prove that is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. And several weeks ago, we spoke about how we are able to perceive that will of God when our mind is renewed. Sometimes the difference between you and the peace that you desire in your life is found within the walls of a renewed mind. And, and today I'm going to change it up real quick. I'm, I want to go to Proverbs chapter 18, and we're going to begin reading from verse 20. And, and we're just going to read two verses today, and I want to read them from two different translations. And verse, it says, in a man's stomach, this is Proverbs 18, 20, it says, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And, and I want to, help me out, Javi. Help, yeah. <laughs> When we, when we pray, you you good. Once we pray, we good. We good. We good. Let's give it up for Javi. Just an amazing. <laughs> Praise God for his life. Second best looking guy in the church. Second best. Um, I want to I give you the message translation. And look what it says. It says, words satisfy the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Hmm. That was true. Good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. Wasn't that so good? I mean, uh, that's encouraging for some of us, right? Some of us like, Pastor Ro, where are you getting at? Leave me and my mouth alone. But it says, they're either poison or fruit you choose. I want to give you the title to today's message, and it's, it's simply this. Mind your mouth. Look at the person next to you. Tell them like you mean it. Tell them, mind your mouth, homie. And if you're not accustomed to the urban vernacular, let me give it to you maybe in a, in a way you can understand. You, uh, the title to today's message is Harnessing the Power of Your Words. But if that doesn't work for you, I want to give you the title, the real title to today's message. is Mind Your Mouth. Mind Your Mouth. Uh, help me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you, Lord Jesus. Lord, help us hear what your word has to say today, Lord God. Help us hear, God, what your spirit has to say, Lord. Less of me, more of you, until there's none of me and all of you. That I may decrease and that you may increase. That your love and strength may be perfected in my weakness. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone shouts amen and amen. Give God a shout of praise in this room. Come on, make some noise. He's so good. Um, have you ever been hit by a car? Vic, too soon? Too soon. I've been hit by a car four times. And I know what you're wondering. How do you still remain that good looking? All glory to God. All glory to God. And two times I was hit by a car when I was in a car. And two times I was hit by a car outside of a car. And, uh, and I know 
that many of us can do life without ever being hit by a car. I don't know how I've made, don't judge me, don't you dare. Um, but I've been hit by a car, and I, and I remember one time I literally had my face out to here, got into a, ter- a horrific, I was about to say terrific car accident, nothing terrific about that car accident, but it was a horrific car accident, and my face was out to here. I had 30 plus stitch- stitches inside and out. It was a horrible uh, 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 car accident. They had to pull me out the car, and uh, that was just one of the times. It was terrible, and one of the times that I got into a car accident, I was inside the car, and it was snowing, and I had just bought the car. I literally was four days that I had bought my car, and the first day of snow, I hit a parked car, and so maybe I didn't get hit by a car, but I did the hitting, and my car spun, and it hit the tail end of my car. That was the second time. Uh, uh, a third time, I was a kid. I was about maybe 16 years old, and I was riding a bike, and I had, and some, sometimes it happens to us as adults, but we're not judging anybody here, but um, <laughs> I, was, I was about 16 years old, and I turned into a car, and I got hit by a car, I fell off the bike. But the very first time, can I tell you, the very first time I got hit by a car, some of you guys looking at me like, Pastor Rowe, what's so cute about getting hit by a car? Nothing. Um, but it goes to my point. Um, I was about 12 years old, and this is what happened, I kid you not. Um, you, you ever had, you know, that bully on the block? Anybody ever had that bully on the block? And so the bully on the block, he, was, he, he, kept, he kept saying some things to me. And, and after a while, I got tired. You ever get tired? You get tired of getting sick and tired? And I got tired of being bullied. And he said something slick to me. And I had, only, I had only enough bravery to say something slick back to him. And I said, you know what? And you know what you say, right? When someone says something about you, what you say when you're a 12-year-old kid. I was like, you know what? Your, your mother. <laughs> right? I was like, he was like, yo, you know what? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know what? Your mother. And you know when you say your mother. It is on like Donkey Kong, like right? And I was like, you are your mother. Well, I wasn't expecting is for him to come and chase me. And my man took flight, and your boy took flight. And I went running for my life. He was a big dude. I was a little kid, and I ran for my life. And, and, and I'm running, and I'm running, and I'm like, I have, I have escaped this guy. I look behind me, and he's right on my tail. I said, Lord, you're going to have to deliver me from this one. I kept running, but the problem was is that I kept running, looking back at him, and I ran into the street, and I crashed with a huge blue minivan that sent me flying. I landed on my behind. People picked me up. They brought me to the sidewalk. And here's what I thought about that picture because I literally was running into the street looking behind me. I was moving forward, but I was looking backwards. And I thought about that because I think that, man, how many times have we done this in life, right? Where where we're trying to move forward, but our focus is backwards. See, like time doesn't wait for anybody, so we're, we're moving forward in time, but we're focused on the past. Like, like we're, we're, we're trying to move forward to our future, but we're still focused on the person that we used to be in our past. And, and I just think that, 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 that as, we, as we come into the close of a year and then we're jumping into a new year, that, that maybe we can take the, the theme of Paul's life. He says, I'm forgetting what's behind me, but I'm focused on what's ahead of me. And so many times in life, we're, we're trying to move forward, we're trying to take steps forward, but the focus of our mind and the focus of our heart and the focus of our sight is focused on 
what they did to me, what happened to me. And I think that, that if what if we, we, we began to focus not on the failures of the past, but the victory that we got ahead of us? What if we didn't focus on what they did to me, but we focus on the healing that God has prepared for me? What if we didn't focus on the disappointment of my past, but we began to focus on, on the destiny that God has ahead of me in the future? Like we cannot live life walking forward, but looking backwards. Sometimes that becomes the pattern of our life. And see, the reason I call this message, mind your mouth, is because much like life at times, much like me running away from that bully, I was so focused on what was chasing me than what I should have been chasing. Sometimes my words are in more agreement with who I used to be than they are with who God is creating me to be. And so many times in life that we unintentionally end up in a collision because we are not focused on the right thing. And our words are more tethered to who we, well, this is how I talk, this is what I say, this is how I do. But it's because your mind has not been renewed to speak all the things that God has promised for you in the future. See, so many times, like the people of Israel, we can be taken out of Egypt, but Egypt has not been taken out of us. Right, so we have left Egypt, but we're still talking like we're in Egypt. And Israel said, the Israelites said, what did they say? They said, they said man, it would have been better to live in Egypt. Why did you bring us out here to the desert for us to die? Weren't there enough tombs in Egypt for us to live in Egypt? We were living much better. And many times we are okay with bondage as long as it's comfortable. Oh, man, I'm preaching better than you. Amen. And somebody help me preach somebody. And so our mouth many times, I love, I love the way the, 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 this, this, um, this quote says it. It says, we cannot always control our thoughts, but we can control our words. And repetition impresses the subconscious, and we are the master of the situation. And I, and I think that every thought, like I cannot control every thought that comes into my mind, right? We're in this series called Mind Games, and I'm like, well, Pastor Roe, like every thought, I got to control every thought. No, you cannot control every thought that comes in, but you can control every word that goes out. Like you might not be able to control every thought the enemy tries to pass through your mind, but you can control what proceeds out of your lips, what proceeds out of your mouth, the words that we use, the words that we occupy. Why? Because words are powerful, and what they begin to do is that they begin to shape not only what we think, they begin to shape how we think. And so if they shape how we think, then the way I think determines how I live my life. And how many of you know that if I'm going to ever, if I'm ever going to have a life change, then I need to start changing the way I speak so that what I hear now begins to produce a certain mindset and it begins to cultivate a certain mindset. And from that mindset is the way I begin to live and make decisions and uh, experience life. Proverbs chapter 18 says it this way. It says, it says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I want you to write this, this down if you're taking notes, and if you're taking notes, you have kudo points in heaven. Write this down. Mind your mouth 
because your words are a producer of life and death. Mind your mouth because your words are a producer of life and death. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, mind your mouth. Because your words are a producer of life and death. If we take inventory of our words, how much of our words are producing life and how much of our words are producing death? So you could be constantly, you have to be constantly aware of the words you are releasing because they're going to release one or of two things. Your, your words are powerful. They have the power to change lives. Think, think about how powerful words are. They are powerful to us. Words are powerful about us, and words are powerful over us, and they're going to produce one or two things in your life. They're either going to produce life, someone shout life, life. or they're going to produce death. See, I love this verse, verse because it, it says it this way. It says, it says, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, what you speak, you will reap. See, here's the truth. You can't speak death and think that you're going to produce life. See, see, you can't speak defeat and think that you're going to produce victory. You can't use your words to gossip and think that you're going to produce trust. Mm. See, you can't speak negativity and think that you're going to produce and have an expectation of positivity. You can't speak discord and expect peace to reign in your home. You can't use your words to bring curse upon your life and then expect a blessing to come upon your life. How about this? I can't litter negativity with my mouth and then wonder why it reeks of trash all around me. See, what I use to speak, I'm going to, to reap. And, and words are powerful like like, look what Proverbs says in, 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 in chapter 13. It says, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin have you ever had a oh, my mouth ruined everything moment? <laughs> Have you ever had that my mouth ruined everything? If you're, a, if you're a man in this house, that happens to you at least three times a week. <laughs> my mouth ruined everything moment, right? Like, 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 you know what I mean? Like maybe you look at someone and, and they look like they're, they're growing, but they're also glowing. A man, you look at a woman and you make the mistake of saying, how many months? And she says, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, you're not expecting? No. I'm not expecting. What are you trying to say? I mean, I'm just saying hypothetical. It's not like that ever happened to me working at Easy Pass six years ago. I mean, it's just <laughs> hypothetical. It never happened to me. Words can ruin everything. Opening up your mouth can ruin it. Like uh, Lisa and I, Lisa actually had one of these moments. I know, I, know you, I know it's hard to believe. And she's like, where, where are you going with this? But hear me out. I remember one time we went food shopping. And Lisa, you know, you know when you go food shopping, right? The husband, right? You go buy what you need. And the wife, she buys everything the house needs. Somebody help me out. That's just the way it is. I'm sorry. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's the way it is. And so we go food shopping. And, and I go buy everything that I need. 
and she goes by everything that the house needs, right? And, and, and as I'm coming back to her, because then we have a, a, a meeting point, so we come back to her, and this is what happens. I promise you, I kid you not, she looks at me, and she goes, <laughs> and I was like, what's so funny? And she goes, no, 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 no. And I was like, yo, now nah, nah, you're going nah, to have to tell me what's so funny. And she's like, no, 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 no. Is that, is that when I looked at you, you I, I looked at you and I was like, oh, my God, he's cute. And I was like, all right, but what's wrong with that? And here's where she ruined everything. Because I come in agreement with the word of God. And she said, I look cute. And I said, come on, somebody. And, and, and I, you know, I was like a little twisted after this, this whole thing because she was like, she was like, the thing is that when I first saw you, I didn't realize it was you. <laughs> what? What? You mean to tell me that you were checking me out? You were checking me out, but you didn't know it was me? At one hand, I'm like, you know what? I still got it going on, you know what I'm saying? But in the other hand, I'm like, you didn't think it was me, so we're going to fight the whole way home, and you ruined everything. You ever had one of them, I ruined, my mouth ruined everything moments? There's grace for that. We forgive her. She's coming to the altar call after service. But, but, but seriously, right, right? How many times do, does our mouth ruin everything? Those who control their tongue, over 300 times we'll see in the Bible about controlling our mouth. Uh, those who control their tongue will have long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. There's some people that, there's some people, you know, like, I, I, you know, like, especially ladies. Like, ladies, they'll meet a guy, and they'll, like, they'll be into the guy. They'll be like, oh, I like him. He's so cute. He's so amazing. Oh, my God. His curl comes off to the left like Superman. And, and then he opens his mouth. <laughs> Goodbye. So many times in life as well, we use our words and they destroy everything. I think about how many times things were spoken over our children and how many times things are said to us. Think about some of the, the more profound memories that you may have. And many times it's, connecting, it's connected to something someone said. Something someone declared over your life. And that's why it's so important that even as, if there's any parents or for the parents in this room, like, man, it's so important for us to speak life into our children. It's so important for us to declare God's word over our children because so many times we say reckless things and don't realize that we are affecting, that the words we declare over them today is the future that they live in tomorrow. And so our words, they're, they're either producing life or they're producing death. And, and maybe you're like, well, I only produce death sometimes because some th most of the time I'm producing life because I am so full of just positivity. And, and I just, I want to say this to you, that the negative to positive ratio is five to one. So for every one thing that has been said negatively, it's like, it's like when someone does something wrong or they say something silly, off you, silly to you and they didn't come and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. I love you. You're amazing. You know what they mean. Get over it. And you're like, what are you talking about? You just said this to me. You just spoke to me this way. You just, and then you think that just because you're going to say one thing. And so, again, it's not even weighted equally because for every one thing you say that's negative, you have to counter it by Five things, so you can't just be out here 
sprinkling negativity, talking about, well, I just, I just speak negative sometimes. Unless we're, we're monumentally towering, uh, uh, speaking positive things, which if you were, I'm, I promise you, you wouldn't be speaking even infrequently negative things because you are training your mouth to speak life. So it's not even weighted the same. And, and, and I think so many times in our life, we, we, we let our situations dictate what we say instead of allowing what we say to predict our situation. See, like, I can't afford to be in a negative situation and allow that negative situation to dictate what's coming out of my mouth. I got to be able to understand that one or two things that are going to come out of my mouth. It's either going to be life or it's going to be death. And I'm, I'm going to choose this. I don't know about you, but I'm going to choose, especially for 2020, that no matter what my situation looks like, I'm going to begin to declare life. I'm not going to let my finances to, to dictate what I'm going to say. I'm going to speak into my finances. I'm going to speak life into my marriage. I'm going to speak life into my children. I'm going to speak life into my home. I'm going to speak life into my boss. I'm going to speak life into my coworkers. I'm going to speak life into my enemies. Why? Because words are a producer of life or death, and I'm going to choose life. Is there anybody here that's going to choose that with me? I, wanna, I want this to be as practical as it is as powerful. And sometimes we hear a message and we're like, whoa, I'm going to walk out and speak, speak life. Pastor Roy, what do I say? And so I want it to be practical. What about something like, like, oh, I'm going to go and prophesy to my boss. Don't prophesy to your boss, please. Please. I'm going to go and I'm going to prophesy. Oh, I'm going I'm to look at my husband. I'm going to prophesy to my husband. I'm going to pro- drop bones live. He's like, what? What if I give you some practical applications to speak life over someone? Here, here's two things. I'm just going to be real quick. How about this? Two words. I know it's deep. I know it's powerful. Thank you. You want to speak life into your children? You want to speak life into your family? You want to speak life into your parents? You want to speak life into your work situation? How about you say, how about you say, you want to speak life into your finances? How about you say thank you? Thank you. Hey, man. How about if you looked at your, your husband and said, hey, man, thank you. Thank you for not leaving when I gave you reason to. Thank you for raising our children. Thank you that even at times it's difficult to, to understand me and deal with me. I just want to say thank you for sticking around. How about you as a husband? You say, hey, hey, baby, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for holding it down when I, when, I, when I gave up my right to even be the leader of this home. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for being there for our children. Thank you for being there for our finances. Thank you, thank you for always being there. What if we chose to speak life and said, thank you. Don't complain about your finances. Thank you, Lord, that I have a job. Thank you that I have enough to provide. Thank you that I'm able to save. Thank you that I didn't, I'm not without food. How about this? How about this? Second thing, practical, practical. Speak life. Don't prophesy. You got permission. Don't go home and prophesy. Here. How about, how about this? This is powerful. A compliment. Frank, you look amazing today. Baby, you're, you're beautiful. You're gorgeous. Hey, hey, if you get, you could get real brave and, and do both of them. If you're real risky and you want to take a step out on the deep side, you could 
you could do a thank you and a compliment. Double package. Thank you for the way you took out the garbage. No one takes out the garbage the way you do, Bobby. <laughs> Someone shout, speak life. Speak life. Speak life. Second thing, here's one I want to give you. Second thing, mind your mouth because your words are the preacher you listen to the most. Woo! This was, this was good to have the organ right here. Dun, dun, dun. Because, because your words are the preacher you listen to the most. And I fully understand when people are like, hey, man, I, I, I love when so-and-so preaches, man. That, that's my favorite preacher. I, he's the one I listen to the most. I, I, Pastor Roe, your messages have blessed me, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm grateful for that, and I'm appreciative of that. But let me tell you something, that I am not the greatest preacher in your life. You are the greatest preacher in your life. <laughs> I want, to be, I want to be honest, like, Pastor Russ Hodgins is, is someone that I consider my preacher. That's my pastor. Pastor Tony Langston is the person I consider my preacher, my pastor. But he is not the greatest preacher in my life. Rolando is the greatest preacher in my life. You know why? Because you come on a Sunday and hear a 45-minute message. You go on YouTube and you hear a 45-minute message. But the podcast that you are hearing 24 hours a day is the word, are the words that are coming out of your mouth. And so this is powerful because many times we're like, Pastor Roll, like I just need faith. And when I hear your messages, they encourage me and I'm built with faith. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. But I want, to let, I want to be honest, a 45-minute message pales in comparison to the sermon that's coming out of your mouth 24-7. And so many times we're like, I need faith. But look what the Bible says. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. In other words, faith is heard before it's seen. Faith is something you listen to before it is something that it's lived out. Faith comes after you have heard it. Now, this is powerful because what you hear on a daily basis are not pastoral sermons. What you hear on a daily basis are the words that come out of your mouth. In other words, the quality of your faith is directly proportioned to the quality of what you hear. And if what you're hearing, the quality of what you're hearing is compromised, then the quality of your faith will be compromised also. And so i got to make sure that what I'm speaking aligns to the word of God. Because if it's completely disconnected to the word of God, then the portion of the faith or the capacity of the faith that I possess will be compromised. And so that's why it's not, well, you just got to read the Bible. Or you just got to pray. Or you just got to listen to messages. No, i gotta, I got to begin to declare. Someone shout declare. I need to declare the word of God over my life because I am the greatest preacher in my own life and I got to be able to speak things over my life to make the change and see the change that I'm looking for. And so I got to be able to look at life and say, I have peace in the middle of the storm. Not, not give up to the storm, but I have peace in the middle of the storm because my words are aligning with God's word. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, strength because my words are aligning to God's word. I am more than a conqueror 
through Christ Jesus who loves me. Why? Because my words are aligning with God's word. I have the power to get wealth. Why? Because my words are aligning to God's word. I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. I am the righteousness of God. My words are aligning to God's word. And so many times, this is, again, this is why the first point that, that, that our words are a producer of life and death. That's so, that's so important because then the, the preacher we listen to the most is ourselves. So it's not only me speaking, it's what it's doing to me that's happening. And so my faith needs to grow, but my faith will not grow unless what I hear changes. And what I hear won't change unless I start speaking differently. Does that make sense? And so this is this is idea that it's, it's called cognitive dissonance. And here's what I want to share with you guys today because um, uh, sometimes you're like, well, Pastor Roe, what am I supposed to, you know, the Bible says that we are supposed to speak things that are not as though they were. And, and quite often, many times in, in, the, in the church experience, you know, we get taught the wrong things at times because then we're, we're, we're taught to, to live in denial. Now, now, here's the truth. Many times we are praying for God to do something in our lives, and the words we speak on a daily basis does not align with the prayer requests we are presenting God. So it's like, God, I'm praying for healing. Lord, I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, Lord, heal. Lord, Lord, change my husband. Lord, let him see your face. And then when I look at my husband, I'm calling him everything else in the book. Lord, Lord, save my, change my wife's heart, Lord. Let her know, Lord, that if I don't do the dishes all the time, that's not my personal prayer. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> Lord, change my wife's heart. And then when I speak to her, I speak to her like she's, she's something of the trash. So, so, so this is cognitive dissonance. It's this. It's, it's the idea. It suggests that that many times we act and speak in a way that is disconnected from what we believe in. And so if we are functioning and acting and saying words that are disconnected and are not in alignment with what we are believing, then it creates an imbalance within our soul. It creates this uncomfortability. It, can, it creates this restlessness and chaos begins to fill our lives. Why? Because we are speaking out of agreement of what we are believing. Pastor Roe, am I supposed to just say things? Maybe you're not supposed to just say things. Maybe you're not supposed to, because many times, let's be honest, like if you were raised in church, when you went to church, no matter what you were going through, you asked, they, were, they asked you, hey, how are you doing? You know what you would say? I'm blessed. And Victoria and Mano. I practice, I practice that. What can I do? Anyway. <laughs> I'm in victory. And there's a thin line between positive declaration than being, and being positively delusional. There's a thin line between the two because there's a difference between positive declaration and simply living a life of denial. And what happens is that when you live a life of denial, you actually never live in victory because you're never transparent. And so in the same manner, we hear a message like this, and then we're like, okay, well, if, 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 um, if words are my greatest preacher, then I got to start preaching. 
Pastor Rose, send me your notes because I'm going to say everything that's in your notes. Right? And sometimes we leave out of here like fired up, but that fire only lasts two days. Why? Here's why. Here's why. Because it's not in your heart. It's still here. And so, and so many times we walk out of here, I gotta, I gotta create some positive statements to declare over my life. But here's what I wanna suggest to you. What if we didn't share positive statements? What if we shared progressive statements? What do I mean? I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna give you some takeaways here. And this is the takeaway. What if instead of saying, like, if, let's say maybe you're struggling with, with finances, right? What if instead of walking out here and saying, man, I'm broke. You're not walking out saying I'm broke, but you're not walking out saying, you know what? I'm rich, man. I'm going to win the lotto. Like, you know, I love, I love when people are like, you know, Pastor Rowe, I, when I hit the lotto, I'm buying the church a $2.5 million building. And I'm like, hey, why don't you try tithing first? <laughs> Come on, somebody. You need a pen? Somebody get the envelope. Let me help you out. That's wrong. When I hit the lotto, see, that's cognitive dissonance. You don't believe it in your heart because you don't practice it in your ways. And so, and so what if instead of saying, no, the goal is not for you to say, I'm broke. But the goal is not for you to say, walk out of here and say, man, I'm rich. I, I'm, I'm, I'm low. No, you're broke, bro. You're broke. You need to do finances better. What if you walked out saying, this is for your heart, your heart, because, you, again, you want your words to align. Now, let me, let me tell you this. If you believe that in your heart, then go ahead and say it. Does that make sense? If you believe it in your heart, if you believe it, that's why the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. In other words, confession proceeds out of your heart. So if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. But what if you don't believe in your heart? What happens with your confession? It creates it creates chaos in your life because it's cognitive dissonance. You're just saying something for wishful sayings and wishful thinking and, oh, but you know what? No. What if you created progressive statements? What if you said, as the worship team comes up, what if you said, I'm struggling with my finances, but I'm believing, I'm going to begin to believe that God is my provider. Okay. So you're not walking out, you're not in denial but you're also not speaking negatively. What if you, what about for your, for your, for your marriage or your spouse? And what if instead of, instead of, he's a jerk, she's a jerk. Okay, maybe she is. <laughs> right? Like there's just, there's people that, so I was getting little, they're little jerks. I love them, but they're jerks. Okay, so I'm not going to continue to declare that over their life. I'm not going to continue to live my life and be like, oh, that person's a jerk. Oh, that person's an idiot. Oh, that person's a failure. What if you looked at your husband and said, you know what? He's not where he, where he should be, but he's not where he used to be. Come on, somebody. Progressive statements, statements that will begin to move your heart to transformation, right? So, so what if you were sick? Oh, man, I'm sick. Well, you know, my mother had this sickness. My father had this sickness. 
they struggled with it, I'm going to struggle with it. And instead of speaking that negativity, sometimes we try to speak the positive thing and we walk out of here, you know what, I am healed, but I don't believe it. So what if you, you created, instead of a positive statement, you created a progressive statement? What if you said, I am sick, but there's healing in the blood of Jesus. Lord, help me put my trust in your complete and finished work. See how it's progressive? See how it changes things? And it doesn't, no, I'm not in, so like you walk into church, how you doing? I'm in victory, brother. No, maybe you're not in victory. But what if you would say, I'm on my way to victory? It doesn't feel like victory right now. It doesn't feel like, honestly, my, my family is just, it's just my family. I feel like my family is chaos. But I know I'm pressing on towards the mark. See, I'm pressing on towards what's ahead. Last point, and let me give you this. Write this down. Mind your words because your words are a picture of your heart. Your words are a picture of the condition of your heart. If you were to take inventory, hear me, lean into, lean into what I'm about to tell you. Look at my eyes. If you were to take inventory of your words, if you were to, to track every text message you sent out this week, if you were to transcribe every word that proceeded out of your mouth this week, what would your words say about the condition of your heart? Right? Again, this is not for us to look at these words and say and, and create condemnation to us. This is for us to observe our word and allow it to bring transformation to us. So it's not for you to be like, oh, man, I just realized that my words tell me that I'm just a moron. No. But it, it, all right, you know what? There's something in me that the Lord needs to deal with. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you just need to ask somebody. Ask someone you trust. Say, hey, can I, can I trust you with this question? Can I trust you that if I ask you this question, you won't judge me for it? You know me for a long time. Maybe you need to ask a mentor. Maybe you need to ask your wife. Maybe you need to ask your husband. Maybe you need to ask your mom. Hey, if you were to just analyze the pattern of my words, what would they say about me? Maybe they'll tell you, man, you know what? You just have too much pride. You're just arrogant. Maybe they tell you, hey, you know what? I realized that you're always please, trying to please people. You're a people pleaser. And you can't live your life trying to please people. Maybe someone will tell you lovingly, someone that you trust, say, you know what your words, the pattern of your words are? 50% of the words you use are used to complain. Maybe 50% of the words that you use, they're used to what? They're used to criticize. What are, what are the words that you are using what are the pattern of the words suggesting about the condition of your heart? And the way Jesus put it in, in Luke, he said, he said, a good tree can produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce a good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. See, how do you know it's an orange tree? Well, by the fruit. Well, how do I know what's in your heart? But by your fruit. How do I know what's in your heart? I don't know, how do I know what kind of tree you are? Or by the fruit that's coming out of your mouth. And the Bible says that the fruit comes out of your mouth, you'll be satisfied by it. And I love this term because it says, look, look what it says. Catch this, catch this. It says, 
that words satisfy the mind. Do you know that do you know that you can train your mind to be stimulated by the words you speak? What do I mean? That means if I if I have trained my mind to speak, if I have trained my mind to hear negative things, then my mind becomes more and more stimulated by negativity. So now it's it's looking to be satisfied by negativity on a subconscious level. And you're like, why do I feel like everything's negative? No, you've trained your mind by your words to think negatively. You've said it over and over and over and over again that at this point, your mind is like this. Okay, come on, let me have it. <laughs> let me have that negativity. Let me have that complaint. Let me have that anger. Let me have it. Let me have it. And Jesus says it's, it's a heart condition. You know, the Holy Spirit, as I was preparing this message, I want to speak, and I want to share this with you as I was preparing this message. I'm telling you, like, there's many messages that I enjoy preaching. This is not one of them. There's so many messages that I, I enjoy preaching. I, I, I love preaching, like, these messages that are revelatory and they're just mind-blowing and insightful. And sometimes um, we hear these practical messages. And this is what I don't want you to hear. What did Pastor Rowe preach on? Oh, he preached on the mouth. What was it about? I don't know, but it was so good. I got to speak life. You never do. Right? That's what I don't want to happen. Here's what I do want to happen. I want that we submit our hearts to God today in worship. And this is what the Holy Spirit told me. He said, I want my people to worship me today. I don't want them to take action immediately, but I want them to surrender their hearts because if they surrender their hearts, then their mouth will change. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Here's what the Bible says. The, the, the Bible says that the heart of the wise trains his lips. So the trainer of my mouth is my heart. So I need to start with allowing God to just mold and change my heart. Then the practical stuff works. I mean, it's, it's, it's all behavior modification if we don't allow God to come in. I mean, there's a lot better preachers on behavior modification. There's a lot of better um, um, uh, inspirational preachers and speakers that will do a lot better job than I would when it comes to behavior modification. But that's because I don't believe in behavior modification. I believe it's helpful, but it does nothing to transform the heart. But if we ask God to just deal with our hearts first, then from the abundance of that place, the mouth speaks. Look what it says. It says a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So we're trying to fix the fruit, and God is saying, I'm trying to fix the tree. So as we close today's message, I'm going to ask you to get up on your feet. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.